Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through the 19th verse. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Um, it says, after this, Jesus went up into the hills, or high hills, to spend the whole night in prayer to God. At daybreak, he called together all of his followers and selected 12 from among them, and he appointed them to be apostles. Verse 14 to 16. Here are the names... Here are their names, Simon, whom he named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, known as a fiery political zealot, Judah, or James, the son of Jacob, or Judah, the son of Jacob, uh, Judas, the locksmith, who later betrayed Jesus, verse 17. Jesus and his apostles now came down from the hillside to a level field where a large number of disciples waited along with a massive crowd of people who had gathered from all over Judea, Jerusalem, and the coastal districts of Tyre and Sidon. Verse 18, they had all come to listen to Jesus, the manifestation of God, so that they could be healed of their diseases and be set free from demonic powers that tormented them. The entire crowd eagerly tried to come near Jesus so they could touch him and be healed because a tangible, supernatural power emanated from him, healing all those who came close to him. Amen. Here we learn that it says after this. After this. After what? After Jesus heals a paralyzed man in the first 11 chapter verses, Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Uh, not paralyzed man. Jesus heals a man who is physically crippled in his hand. Jesus heals that man. And immediately, because he did it on the Sabbath, because he broke the laws of the uh, Jewish culture, the religious leaders said, we, from this moment on, we need to plot to kill Jesus. And it was after that, after Jesus realized that there was a plot to kill him, that's when he chose 12 apostles. Are you with me so far? Now, I want to help you to memorize the 12 apostles names. Are you ready? So you can put it in your notes. Um, but this is, this, is a, this is a little, I guess you say, trick I've used to help me to memorize who the 12 apostles are. Uh, there are six apostles with the same name. Are you with me? And Michael Jordan is Baptist. I don't know what he is, but it helps me to memorize it. So, there are six apostles with the same name, duplicate names, and 
Michael Jordan or MJ is Baptist. Are you ready? So here's the sixth with the same name, Simon Peter. Are you with me? And Simon the Zealot. Next one is James Alpheus and James Zebedee. Then there's Judas Iscariot. And then there's Judas Thaddeus. Are you ready? And then Michael Jordan is Baptist. M is Matthew. J is John. B is Bartholomew, A is Andrew, P is Philip, and T is Thomas. Okay? So again, that should help you. Two with the same name. Simon Peter, Simon the Zealot, James Alpheus, and James son of Zebedee, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus, and Judas Thaddeus, and Michael Jordan is Baptist. Matthew, John, Bartholomew, Andrew, Peter, and Thomas. Oh, here's one of you listening, Philip and Thomas. I want to speak to you this morning on teamwork. Everyone needs aid. Teamwork. Everyone needs aid. And the lie we're going to dispose of right now is that everybody not only needs aid, but you have aid around you. Now, we've heard the phrase, uh, the first time I heard this phrase was by um, uh, either John Maxwell or those little cards from a store that used to be called Successories, which I think they're online now, but they used to be in the Prudential Center. And they gave the acronym for team teamwork, meaning together, everyone accomplishes more. That's the acronym that people use for teamwork. Together, everyone accomplishes more. And I want to talk to you about three types of people we need in our lives to be successful. There are three, times of, three types of people that we need in our lives to be successful. And we need all three. Okay, we need A, apostles. Are you with me? We need I, an inner circle. And we need D, disciples. We need apostles in our lives. We need an inner circle in our lives. And we need disciples in our lives. And these are three. Now, now, I use the acronym A to help you to understand these type of people, but now I'm going to talk about the three types of people Jesus had in his life in ascending order, meaning that the first one I'm going to use is the least important, though important. The second one I'm going to use is the next and most important, and then the third one I'm going to use is the most important. But remember, you need all three. Are you with me? You need all three. Just because one's a little bit more important doesn't mean you don't need them. And uh, let me give you a disclaimer here. Let me give you a disclaimer here. And that is uh, 
when I read the word, I'm not and get a word. I don't get a word for you. I get it for me. And so as I went through this, the Lord said, you're going to preach this to to your people. But do you have these people in your life? Okay. so understand that I'm not I'm not sitting here getting a word for you. I'm getting a word for us. I just get the joy of hearing it first. Okay. So, so Jesus, after he realized that these powerful men, leaders of the entire country, were setting a plot to kill him, he immediately chose 12 apostles. Now, the thing to understand is that all disciples are not apostles, but all apostles are disciples. Okay? Okay? So, okay. so Jesus had a bunch of disciples. That's the first person you need in your life is a disciple. The word disciple in Greek means learner. I call this this group of people the congregation. Partners. Now, what I mean by disciples is you need people in your life who are constantly learning. Constantly growing. Are you with me so far? And so because you're here, that means you I'm a even if you don't want to learn, just by being in the vicinity, you're going to learn something. Okay? So, I call this partners. I call this the congregation. I call disciples those who are present. Okay? Those who are present. Guess what? You all are disciples because you're here. Amen. Give yourselves a hand clap for being here. You're here. You're here. You're here. In other words, we all need people who are present in our lives. Let me say this to you that, and Elder Roy and I talk about this a number of times when it comes to pastoral care, and that is this. Um, Sometimes we forget that, you know, that when we're not here, when we're not present, we can, that can be a very selfish act to not, I'm talking about, yeah, I know people go on trips and vacations and things come up, but when you've taken like, you know, and I'm not, and again, if you're here and you've done this, please, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I don't know who, what, you know, we're so growing now that I don't know who goes to our church sometimes. Uh, Friday night, there was this woman who was demon-possessed, and there were people casting out the demon, and, and people were like, do she go to your church? I said, no, she ain't go to my church. I've never seen her before, and everybody's asking whose church does she go to, and they're puzzled because, you know, we're casting out this demon for about an hour, and some of you are like, boy, I'm glad I didn't go to that shut-in. But anyways, <laughs> casting out this demon, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I go to Simone. I'm like, do you know who this woman is? Where she come from? She says, yo, she goes to PT. I was like, What? I've been telling all these people for the last 15 minutes. And then Joyce goes, yeah, she goes to PT. She's been coming now for about three months. I was like, 
So I say that to say, if you haven't been here in three months, I'm not talking about you because I may not even know who you are. But I'm saying that when we're not present, it can be a selfish act because when we're not present, we don't know who else is not present. So say uh, Charles is struggling and he hasn't been to church for three weeks. Well, if I haven't been to church for three months and I was the one who God wanted to use to help lift up Charles, then I'm coming back and saying, what happened to Charles? Oh, Charles, man, he just he just backslid. He's no longer with the Lord. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, of course you didn't know that because you were in your own little world where maybe God wanted to use you after the third week that Charles was missing to call him and say, hey, bro, I miss you. We need people in our lives. And we need people in our lives who are present, who know when we are missing. That's why, and we're going to push this like crazy, that's why small groups are so important. As a matter of fact, we, I was sitting with somebody, and you'll, you'll find out Tuesday who I was sitting with uh, at the annual, those of you who are partners, and they, they, were, they were sharing that the new indicator of church health is not Sunday morning, it's small groups. As a matter of fact, it's tough. they say it's tough now to track uh, how the church is growing because it used to be that when the Sunday attendance was small, the offering was small. But now with online giving, attendance is down here and offerings is up here so it's, it's you no know, this this technology is really changing things but i want to encourage you because um uh and 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 we'll share with you the statistics the number of people who are in small groups at this church but i really want to encourage you uh that that um on March 17th, that's Saturday, March 17th, Saturday at 9.30 a.m., my good friend, well, he's not a, he, he's, he's a good friend meaning a God friend, okay? Not, we talk all the time. But uh, my good friend, uh, Pastor Chuck and, uh, can't even read his, I, I don't know his wife that well, but I know him. Pastor Chuck and his wife, uh, they're pastors of a, a local church. They're going to be He's an expert in small groups, and so I can highly wait for him to come and train our leaders in how to grow and how to conduct small groups. And this isn't just for small groups. This is also for those of you who had ministries. Are you with me? Because one of the most powerful small groups we have in this church is the praise team. It's the praise team. And I don't want to know. So you could be part of a ministry, but not part of a small group. But the fact is, is that what I've noticed about the praise team is that when people are missing, someone goes after them. Turn somebody say, you need somebody present in your life. Okay. And so we need disciples, but we also need apostles. The word apostle is a Greek word that means sent one. Yes, it's good to have people who are present in your life. That's the congregation. These, these apostles, what I call uh, core leaders. So the, we need the congregation. We need core leaders. And, 
And let me say this. Just because you don't lead a ministry in this church doesn't mean you're not a leader. There are some children right now that I see leadership written all over them. They don't necessarily lead a ministry, but they're leaders. And it, and it behooves those of us who see it in them to take them aside and pour into them while they're present. I, I, that's, that's why I, or the Lord uses me to call certain kids up for an illustration and pay them. You know what? I'm trying to get them used to being in front of people. Because the greatest fear sometimes is being in front of people. But if you start training them as a child, that it pays. <laughs> Amen. Turn your name and say, neighbor, I like this guy because he's helping out my kids. Now, apostles are producers, meaning I need people who are going to help me get work done. Lord have mercy. I, I don't, I'm glad that you're present, but I need some apostles. For example, I'll use uh, Dr. Charles again, okay, seeing that he's sitting up front. Okay. I'm going to the hospital, and you know, Brother Cameron, one of my best friends, godfather to my oldest child so I know you know how much he means to me I'm in the hospital I am like sick as anything he comes and visit me thank you bro you're present but I need a doctor can I get a witness okay 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 where is Dr. Charles because I need you to do something are you with me come on how many of you when you how many of you, I, I think uh, Troy said this, Troy said this in, one of, in, in your message to the men years ago. He said, you know somebody's a good friend where you can call him, what did he say, 3 o'clock in the morning to take you to the airport, okay? How many of you have some people in your life that you can call to take you to the airport at 3 a.m., okay? Okay, okay turn to the rest of them and say, you know what, uh, <laughs> you need a friend, <laughs> okay, okay, okay? How many of you know that? If you have to catch a flight, you have to catch the flight because you've already paid $4,000 for a cruise. Are you with me? How many of you know that there's some people you ain't going to call? Come on, get, those, get the hands up. Get the hands up. Get the hands up. Yeah. I ain't calling them. Like, oh, I was sorry. You know, things came. No, no, no. I'm, I'm calling certain people. We need producers in our lives. We need people who are going to help us get the work done. And everybody needs an apostle. Every, I, I know apostles, we're talking about scripturally, but I'm talking about we need an apostolic person who is sent into our lives to produce something, to get work done. Come on, are you helping me move the ball down the field? It's nice to have kumbaya hour, but you know what? I don't want to have, have a kumbaya life. Some of y'all are looking at me strange because you've just been only present. These are people who add value. These are, as they say, as they say, 
they the get or done people. Get or done. They get the work done. Uh, then finally, we need an inner circle. I want to pause right there. Who's, who's present in your life? These are things to pray about. Who's, who's present in your life? Present in your life. Who, who, who knows when you are missing? Who, who, who calls you when you aren't present? And then, who are, who are the apostles in your life? Who are the people that God is sending into your life to help you get things done, to help you to be productive in your calling, in your dream, in your purpose? Who are those people? And then finally, so it was out of those who were present that Jesus chose 12 apostles. And then out of those 12 apostles, he chose an inner circle, Peter, James, and John. These were the people who were up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. These were the people who, these were the people who Jesus took in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, he has his 12 apostles. But when he goes a little bit further, are you with me? He takes Peter, James, and John to help him pray through what's about to happen to him on a God Friday, which it was a bad Friday for him, but a God Friday for us. Are you with me? And, and that's why we think he's talking to the 12, but he's talking to those, his inner circle. These, you guys are my main men. How could you not pray with me one hour? Isn't it interesting that Jesus three in a circle, mm, okay, they are the beginning of the New Testament church, and they also have the last word in the New Testament church. What do you mean? The first person who talks about the church, who brings the church together, is what? Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. The last person to speak to the church is John in the book of Revelation. Jesus in a circle. My goodness. The, the, the inner circle, as, as uh, uh, Sister Keir shared, they're the crew. The disciples are the congregation, apostles are the core. The inner circle is the crew. They are, mm, they are accountability partners. Partners. We have a few people who are partners in firms. In other words, in other words, as an as an inner, let's say if I was in the inner circle of Roy Ray, are you with me? I take ownership of him. These people are not simply present, they're not simply productive. These people have perspective. The word perspective comes from two Latin words, per, which means through, and specto, which means to look at or see. In other words, people who are your inner circle, they see right through you. How you doing? I'm okay. How you doing? I'm okay. How you doing? Okay. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. 
No, you're not. I see right through that fake smile. Fake news, fake smile. I, I see right through you. Pastor Chandler spoke to uh, the Cambridge Black Pastors, and he said something that was phenomenal that I was like, wow. He said, and I don't know if he was quoting somebody else, but he said, your inner circle, you need to get fired for this. You, you too. <laughs> you too. You too. You too. See, I'm getting all men because your inner circle knows where your hiding places are. We all have our hiding places, but especially men. When I, you know, when stuff has happened and I don't want to deal with anybody, that's why they call it a man cave. I'm not. I'm not going to have you raise your hand and say who has a man cave. But it, 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 it is the place where I don't want to be bothered. Leave me alone. And you need somebody who says, you know, uh, where's Jamie? I haven't seen him in a while. And somebody in this circle says, oh, I know where to find him. Do people know where to find you when you have gone AWOL? When you, mm, when you have become in your walk with God, MIA. Do people know where to find you? Bill Hybels, who just, I believe, recently retired as senior pastor. And this is my last point, and then let the teachers and students go. He's founder of Willow Creek uh, Community Church. He just retired, I believe. But there's something that he said about, about Willow Creek that he realized makes that church so powerful, particularly in small groups. And he uses the term to know and be known. Everybody, I want to know Charles, but I want to be known by Charles. Everybody wants people who they can share their heart with. Are you with me? We're going to pause right there, let the Sunday school students go, and the teachers, and then we will finish up. Not only do I want to know, but I want to be known. Father, we bless our Sunday school teachers and our students as they leave. Holy Spirit, teach them in the same hour what they ought to know. Father, you know what they've been through all week. And Lord, speak to the deeper recesses of their heart. I pray that you anoint our teachers, that they will speak prophetically in the lives of these children. In Jesus' name, amen. These, this inner core is what I believe is one of the illustrations that God wants to use when it comes to Psalm 23, verse 4. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Shadow of death, meaning that situation, I'm not dead. But I, I'm, I'm experiencing near-death experiences, broken relationship. Um, sadly, you know, my heart grieves for those who have lost their children 
in, in Florida, but you know, there's Florida and there's Virginia Tech and there's Las Vegas and it just goes on and on. And you send your, ch you send your wife or your husband or your children or your cousins out someplace. They go to a, a place where they shouldn't be, uh, should be safe. And my, my point is, is that those, those, those parents, those siblings are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, meaning that death, you, you can go through situations that's not death for you because you're not physically dead, but man, it feels like I want to die. And he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, Lord, but you also have a rod and a staff to comfort me. That inner circle is my staff. And I know most of us aren't used to staffs, you know, because when we don't live in a in a in a culture that has, you know, sheep and you know, in the streets, like well now when I was in Ethiopia and, and even in Romania. Closest thing in the staff for us is a is a cane. And when I get injured in life and I can't run like I used to, I can't walk like I used to, I need an inner circle. I need a staff that I can lean on in difficult situations. I need staff that I can lean on when life hits me with a crippling blow. I, I need I need a person that, that will say, you know what? I, I'm going to come for it. Come, which means with and fortis. I'm com I'm gonna be your strength. I'm gonna be someone you can lean on. I'm gonna be there when you are just so incapacitated that you can't cook for yourself. I'm gonna bring a meal. I, I'm going to be there. Yea, though I walk through the valley, shadow death, I'll fear no evil because your staff is bringing me strength. Many people complain about, well, I don't have that in my life. The question is, are you that for somebody else? And you really find out who those people are, not in church. You find out who they are in crisis. A friend in need is a friend indeed. A friend when you really need them is a friend indeed. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to close with this point. And I don't think he minds me sharing this. I'm not going to share it personal. Um, Elder Roy, you know, we know that last year he turned 60, and, and you know, next year I turn 60. So we have these conversations that are that are deep because it's it's one of the first sobering points that hit me was when I had my 25th anniversary wedding anniversary, and I said to my wife. I've been living longer with you than I've been living by myself. In other words, I got married at 24, and then when we celebrated our 25th, and that was a sobering fact that, wow, 
I've, I've been living as one with you longer than I've been living on my own. And then you hit these certain markers, 30, 40, 50, which for me, even 50 was not, you know, I was cool at 50. You know, there's certain, I think it, I think it hits you when there's certain things you realize you can't do anymore. Okay. Okay. So 30 was no big deal. 40 was no big deal. 50, you know, started getting a big deal. But then, you know, as we started approaching 60, the sobering thing about it is you realize the end is in view. I'm not talking about the end of life, but I'm talking about the end of life the way it has been going for the last 30 years. In other words, I am in my 20, 20, 30 years, 20, 30 years pastoring. I'm probably now running basically the final laps of this thing. More than likely, very soberingly, I'll probably be pastor another 10 years tops. I mean, that's, that's just reality. And so we have discussions now on, you know, especially with as, as individuals who have parents who are you know, fathers who are you know, pushing 90, we, we have these discussions on how do we want this thing to end. And we look and say, okay, I, I probably have 10 more years because we, you know, we have pretty good DNA. Uh, praise God for DNA. You know, some, some of y'all taking credit for nothing more than DNA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at me at 60 years old. I still weigh such an amount of pounds. That's just DNA because you haven't done any exercise. You eating fried chicken at midnight. Well, actually, you're not because your stomach, your body says you can't do that anymore. And if you don't know, you'll find out soon. You'll find out soon. Mm-hmm. Jesus, have mercy. So anyways, where was I? So we're talking about how this thing's going to end. You know, how, how, and, and how do I want to make sure that this final lap of productivity, because you go into retirement and you realize that, no, I, I'm not going to be able to keep up with what God is doing here. And I would hurt the ministry if I stayed in this position where, where it's like a turbojet, but the pilot is slowing things down. That's just reality. So Alder Roy told me, he said, I, I came to somebody who was stunned. They were unsuspecting. He said, I want you to be my accountability person. I want you to be the person who, who can ask me the hard questions. No, I, no, as we know, you know Alderoy was on his eating program because he wanted to make sure at 60 I want to hit it running and he lost a whole bunch of weight and got to get a whole new wardrobe. That's why he's looking so handsome and whatnot. And, 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 and the point is, is that he's like, I, I don't want to lose all that I worked so hard to get. Okay. I want to be healthy. I want to see my grandchildren. You play with all y'all children, calling them, you know, yeah, they're like surrogate grandchildren, but someday you're going to have some, like, like physical, out of his body grandchildren, okay? I had to say that so they won't be offended, okay? But the point is, is that I want to end this strong. I don't want to, I don't want to end like David. 
I don't want to be. I heard this term when I was in college. And I was stunned that I'm at that age now. One minister said, I don't want to grow up and at because I didn't get things checked in my life. So I end up a dirty old man. Looking at girls that are young enough to be my grandchildren. You know, I, I, I want I want to be a sage. I want to be a man of God. I want to be I want to be Deacon Cummings. I want to be Pastor Green. I want to be people who, when people remember me, and we and that's we, we that's what we're talking about. These these men they set a great example for us, and I wanna I want you younger guys to look at me and Lady Common and say, man, they've been married fifty years. They still look like they. And I say, yes, we are. I had a, I had a, I had a, had to hide that from the kids. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. When my daughters get married, I want to say I'm celebrating with you. See, 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 see. You all, you all in a for real church. You all in a for real church. Okay, okay, okay. And who? And if anybody, someone sitting next to you said, "What are you laughing about?" Tell them I'll tell you later. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. On that note, let's stand up. <laughs> uh, but he asked this, he asked this brother, he said, I want you, I want you to be my inner core, my inner circle. And the person was shocked and stunned and like, and he's like, look, this is no time for us to be pontificating. This is no time for us to be debating this. It's either yes or no question. I need you to survive. Let's wait for the whole, let's wait for about a minute. It's 944 right now. It's 945. Let's wait a minute in his presence. Holy Spirit, would you speak to your people? Would you speak to your people? Who, who, who's the aid in my life? Who are the apostles? Who's, who's my inner circle? Who's my disciple? Who are the people who are going to help me accomplish my, my mission in life? The reason why I was put on planet Earth. Who's, who are the people who are going to help me produce? Who's Who's my inner circle? Who are the people who have perspective? Who are the people who look right through me? Who are the people who, when something good happens in my life, they're the first ones I can call because I know they will celebrate with me instead of being jealous. This week, my pastor Chandler was in town. Two incredible, ridiculous blessings came. And he texted me, and I was happy. I was happy that he, and I, and I got the sense that I was the first one he texted. And what made me feel good is that he knew that somebody would be genuinely happy for him. 
and won't be hating on them. And see, the inner circle, why, why those people are happy for you? Because the inner circle knows what you went through to get to where you were. And then I need disciples. I need, I need people who are going to be present, just present, just present. They don't always have to be saved. They don't always have to be believers. But I think that inner core you got to have as a believer. They just they they have to be a believer. Because the reason why they have to be a believer is because the inner circle of people are going to pray you through. They're going to pray you through. You can't have somebody in your inner circle who can't pray you through. Pray you through the valley of death. Pray you through to success. Pray you through those SATs. Pray you through those GMATs. Lord have mercy. Pray you through the, 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 the LSAT. Pray you through that job that's crazy. That, 